Welcome to the movie's Past and Present Podcast. It's December 21st, 2022, and this is episode 94. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the Crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. Well, Merry Almost Christmas to everyone. Coming to theaters this week, we've got a few new films. First up is Babylon. This is a drama from Paramount Pictures. It's directed by Damien Chazelle. And this looks like an interesting film. It's an original story set in 1920s Los Angeles and set within the film industry, you know, within Hollywood, and about the transition from a silent film to talkies, uh, although uh, it might sound you know someone like singing in the rain, but I think it's uh, it's uh, a lot more graphic. <laughs> According to the rating from the Motion Picture Association, it's rated R uh, for strong and crude sexual content, graphic nudity, bloody violence, drug use, and pervasive language. And Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, it's got an interesting ensemble cast: it's Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and Diego Calva. Uh, uh, also in the cast are Jovan Adepo, Lee, June Lee, and Gene Smart. Uh, the press materials don't give up, give away a lot of information. It says it's a tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess. And, um, and it sounds like it. So, so, um, definitely for adults, but, uh, but, uh, Babylon is opening this week. Also in wide release, this is this this film has been kind of uh, slowly opening across the country. Is the whale? This is a psychological drama from A twenty four. It's directed by Darren Aronofsky, and it stars Brendan Fraser. And you might have seen pictures or heard about this, but Brendan Fraser gained a tremendous amount of weight to play this role. Um, he he plays a, recl- a reclusive English teacher who attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter. Um, it's based on a play, uh, by Samuel D. Hunter and, uh, you know, Brendan Fraser has been getting rave reviews for, for his performance, not to mention, uh, his scary body transformation, but, uh, anyway, so, so, uh, the whale, I, I, I haven't seen it yet and, uh, we'll see if I venture out, uh, to try it. It's. Uh, rated R by the Motion Picture Association for language, some drug use, and and sexual content. Also in in wide release now is Empire of Light. This is a romantic drama from Searchlight Pictures. It's directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, it's set in an English coastal town in the early 1980s, and all the press materials really say that it's a poignant drama about the power of human connection during turbulent times. Um, so whatever that means, uh, <laughs> it's got a great cast though. Uh, Olivia Coleman is in it, Michael Ward, Colin Firth, uh, 
so anyway, but what really had me is that it reunites director Sam Mendes with Academy Award winning cinematographer Roger Deakins. Um, Roger Deakins is just absolutely fantastic and you should look him up and see the great films that he's been the cinematographer uh, for. So that actually is the thing that has me most interested. Um, Empire of Light is rated R by the Motion Picture Association for sexual content, language, and brief violence. Uh, next up is the new uh, Whitney Houston biopic called I Want to Dance with Somebody. Uh, it's from TriStar Pictures. It's directed by Carrie Lemon. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen the trailers for this or not. They've been showing them a lot this year. And so this film, so this, this film you know, is finally opening this week. But um, it looks to be that they've, they've just recreated, at least what they're showing in the trailer, just lots of stuff that, you know, we've already seen from Whitney Houston. Her music videos, uh, you know, some of her famous performances, including... Um, when she sang the national anthem at the Super Bowl, and uh, what the press materials are saying that this film is a no holds barred portrait of the complex and multifaceted woman behind the voice. Uh, Naomi Aki plays Whitney Houston, and uh, you know I don't know how much the the Whitney Houston's family or her estate was involved with this. Um, I would assume probably a lot and, you know, I mean, just what we know about Whitney Houston's life is that clearly it was tragic and, and, uh, we'll just, I guess we'll see what, what gets portrayed or not in this, in this supposed biopic. Um, it also stars, uh, Stanley Tucci, uh, and, and, uh, we'll just, again, I'm a little skeptical about it. Uh, I, I, you know, love Whitney Houston's music and what a gorgeous voice she had. And I mostly just feel, you know, sad that her, that her, that her talent kind of got, um, uh, squandered by, by, uh, by her tragic life. Let's see though. It's rated PG 13 by the motion picture association. For strong drug content, shocking, some strong language, suggestive references, and smoking. All right. So now, uh, finally opening up this week is one of the films that I'm actually really looking forward to. Go figure. It's Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. This is an animated family uh, comedy adventure from DreamWorks Animation. It's directed by Joel Crawford. Uh, you know, the director, excuse me, the character of Puss in Boots Um is part of DreamWorks' Shrek universe. Uh, he first appeared in 2004's Shrek 2 and instantly became kind of a sensation. I think he, I think the, the Puss in Boots character really stole, <laughs> uh, stole that picture. He's so, so funny. Um, and then he's just been in some other DreamWorks projects, of course. Um, some of the other Shrek sequels. Uh, he also had a solo film. That came out in 2011, and and uh, and then has been in you know TV series and all sorts of stuff that you know that that, that DreamWorks has pumped out. So, but he's back in in, in his own film, um, 
everybody's favorite leche loving swashbuckling fear defining feline <laughs> returns for the first time in more than a decade um and i you know and i and i'm all for it i got to see the first 30 minutes of this film at the animation is film festival that i attended in the fall and i was really impressed this film is as you might have seen in the if you've seen the trailers dreamworks is trying an interesting uh artistic style still using computers you know so it's it's, it's still cgi and still makes sense within their you know shrek universe but it's a very painterly style. So, I mean, literally, it looks like it's paintings that come to life uh, rather than just, you know, that very well-defined uh, CGI style that's, that's that's very much part of DreamWorks' um you know, kind of arsenal with how you know what they use to 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 just make and design their films. Um, Antonio Manderas is back as the voice of the of the notorious Puss in Boots. Um, in this film, as they talk about, is this this last this last wish? Puss in Boots discovers that that uh, he actually has burned through eight of his nine lives, and. Um, he wants to try to get these lives back so he can keep keep on uh, on uh, having having adventures. Um, he has to embark on an epic journey into the Black Forest to find the mythical wishing star and restore his lost lives. But with only one life left, Puss will have to humble himself and ask for help from his former former partner and nemesis, uh, the captivating Kitty Softpaws, uh, who is voiced again by Salma Hayek. Uh, in their quest, Puss and Kitty will be aided against their better judgment by a ratty, chatty, and relentlessly cheerful mutt, Perito, um, who's voiced by Harvey Go uh, Golan. And together, our trio of heroes will have to stay one step ahead of uh, Goldilocks and the three bears. Uh, Goldilocks is voiced by uh, Florence Pugh. And they're also uh, Jack Horner. And the terrifying bounty hunter, the big bad wolf, and uh, the big bad wolf actually looks pretty scary, as as, as I could, as could tell from the from the first uh, half hour that that I saw. So anyway, uh, I I think this this film looks great, I, and it's it's been getting great reviews. Uh, the friends that uh, I've talked to who have seen it um, have loved it. So anyway. Uh, this is probably the film of, of all the ones listed that I'm most looking forward to, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, also, just as just as a little heads up, uh, early in the, early on in the new year in 2023, I'm going to be doing a DreamWorks animation episode of the podcast, and uh, the and uh, talking about some of their their. Uh, their inter that interesting filmography that they've that they've that they've done and and trying to give DreamWorks a little bit um, of a shout out. So so uh, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish is rated PG by the Motion Picture Association for action violence, rude humor, language, and some scary moments. So uh, you know, big variety of, of films opening up opening up this week for Christmas. We've got Babylon, The Whale, Empire of Light. I want to dance with somebody. And the one who, that I'm most looking forward to, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish.
reviews this week. We've just got a couple of films I'd like to talk about. First up is uh, the new version of Pinocchio, which is playing on Netflix. This this Pinocchio is a stop motion animation film that is uh, the brainchild of director Guillermo del Toro, and it is really an interesting film. This um, this Pinocchio is. Uh, if if you've had a chance to see the trailer or anything, and I can put a, I actually will put a link to the trailer in in the podcast notes on my blog, but it uh, is a, has an incredibly distinctive style. Uh, you know, I think the Pinocchio that that I'm most familiar with is is the Disney one from from Walt Disney Animation Studios that was done in 1940, and you know just that classic animation and also the scary <laughs> quite scary story of Pinocchio del Toro with his and with his stop motion animation team really have created a very unique looking film uh, del Toro has kept the same uh thematic type elements you know that 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 that, that uh the Geppetto creates Pinocchio uh, and that, 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 you know, Pinocchio comes to life as a puppet, but as, you know, a little wooden boy, and that he's got to go through some trials. Uh, Del Toro sets this film during World War II, which I think, of, you know, was a very interesting creative choice, and, and in Italy, of course. Um, but it's really, it's... Uh, Visually, it's just is 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 breathtaking, but also, it's I think he, he's created a very interesting new take on it. So it feels very much like you know a Pinocchio story doesn't it doesn't seem foreign to that, but but it's 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 really really striking. Of course, it's got some some um, scary stuff. Otherwise, it wouldn't be Pinocchio. But this is definitely not. Uh, necessarily familiar territory compared to to uh you know that that 1940 Disney film uh you might have also seen this year uh Disney created one of their quote unquote live action remakes you know these live action remakes they're they're hybrid films typically there're lots of lots of computer generated imagery integrated with some live action stuff but director Robert Zemeckis did a remake of, of Disney's Pinocchio that they put on Disney Plus, and it's just drack. I just thought it was just a terrible film, and probably one of the worst films of the year, as far as I'm concerned. But um, thankfully, this is just has nothing, nothing to do with that. It's a very original take, um, artistic, interesting, thought provoking. I don't know how kids are going to react to it. I mean, they might, they might like it. I kind of, frankly, think it's more. Uh, this almost feels like it's more, it's, it's more for adults, but, uh, anyway, uh, it's really just an interesting, uh, film and I think definitely worth checking out. So, so, uh, it's, it's now on Netflix. So if you're a Netflix subscriber, I would definitely, um, check out Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. 
Next up is the long-awaited sequel to the film Avatar. Uh, Avatar first came out in 2009, the, the very first film, and it was it was an absolute sensation. It became, I think, at the time, it was the biggest box office hit. Uh, you know, it finally it, it, it surpassed uh, Titanic. Um, and uh, just just phenomenon. So anyway, finally, all these years later, now we get a sequel. Um, it's called Avatar: The Way of Water. Uh, this will be a spoiler-free uh, review of this film. So just just uh, just so you know. But uh, James Cameron, who's you know the director and the brainchild about this, he just took a lot of time. Uh, to create the sequel and the plan if i'm if i'm reporting correctly is that there's going to be a new avatar movie every other christmas for like the next 4 or 5 years i think if i'm not mistaken i think he's planned at least a total of 4 sequels that number keeps changing and who knows what's going to happen <laughs> over time <laughs> Or what's going to happen to anything? But uh, that's the current that's the, that's the current plan, and and uh, you know there we go. So this film picks up really kind of where the the last one ended. So as you may recall, Jake Sully, who is the character played by Sam Worthington. So you know S Sam Worthington was that paralyzed marine who would go into that that tank that would allow him to, to then, uh, live within the, you know, this, this is the quote unquote avatar, but the body of one of the big blue, um, Navi, uh, people that live on the planet of Pandora, which is what, you know, which is where, where the movie is set. Um, or I guess, you know, where this now film series is, is, is going to be, is set. Uh, but anyway, you know, Jake, the human died, but his they were able to get his spirit transferred permanently within the body, you know, his avatar body. Um, and so he is now, uh, you know, married to uh, Natiri, who is who is played by Zoe uh, Saldana, and they uh, have a family. So they they have. Children and, and, and anyway, they uh, um, they're living their life there in Pandora, and and their world gets rocked. And this is where I'll try to I'll try to keep a spoiler, but the world gets rocked, and they have to move. And so they they move to this uh, new village that is all it was is of course populated by the Navi. They're there. There's they're still there on Pandora, but it's a water. It's a water world. These people live uh, on the water, and then they've got a, a great developed breath capacity where they can be underwater for for an extended extended periods of time. Uh, from what I've read, uh, James Cameron really was working on this uh, animation. This you know the, his his motion capture that could be done underwater. And, and so that is, you know, interesting 
and then this whole new world or part of, of the planet of Pandora that's underwater that we haven't seen before is just gorgeous. Um, so I think uh, one of the highlights of these, you know, both the original Avatar and this one is is the uh, the digital the digitally created world that they've done is so beautiful to look at. Uh, I saw it in IMAX 3D, which is also where I saw the original too, and it's it is the best experience. I just, I just can't tell you. I, if you get a chance to see an IMAX 3D, do. Uh, I think it's seeing it in any version, any 3D. If, if, if your, you know, eyes and body can t- can can tolerate. Not that it's a big deal, but I know that it's not that 3D doesn't necessarily work for everyone. Um, but it was, it's just, it's just stunning. Uh, I just was. And and this the movie's long. It's like three hours, so get ready, get ready for that. But honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't bored or uninterested uh, once. Um, you know, given its length, I call it. It's really. I think it's a bit self indulgent. I think that James Cameron and his team are really kind of showing off uh, some of the you know the, the cool uh, technical techniques that they that they have, have come up with that maybe don't really further the plot they're wonderful to look at i think but 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 uh you know as i said self-indulgent but i kind of think that he can do what he wants i mean he's, you know he made one of the most successful movies of all time and we've waited a long time for a sequel so uh you know that, that's where i stand on it but uh then I feel like he's created a really interesting story, a story about this family and and um, you know the I thought the relationships were interesting. I thought you know James Cameron knows how to do great action sequences, and the the like the last third of this film was just nonstop breathtaking action, and and uh, I I just loved it. So, uh, I I highly recommend Avatar: The Way of Water, and and uh, said see it in see it in 3D and preferably IMAX 3D, and you know plan plan for, you know pack a lunch because it's a long movie, but but uh, highly entertaining and and just just I think an absolutely absolutely terrific film. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. And follow me on Instagram. My handle is at moviespap, as in past and present. As always, I hope you'll enjoy some good movies this week, particularly some Christmas movies, whether they be from the past or the present. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be safe out there. Dedicate yourself to the truth, and again, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of you.